Hey, good people in podcast land. Welcome to Convene, a conversation series dedicated to connecting the creative community in Toronto. I'm your host, Chris Penrose, and this 16-part series is about the music ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto. This edition of Convene is supported by Factor Canada. On this episode, I spoke with Josephine Cruz, a.k.a. JMKM, who is a multidisciplinary creative entrepreneur currently based in Toronto. Since relocating from Calgary in 2015, she has made a name for herself around the city for her skills as a DJ, event producer, and curator, as well as her community leadership and organizing. Josephine runs an independent record label, Bear Selection, alongside her partner, Frieza Chin, and is the co-founder and director of community radio station ISO, which is home to 40-plus recurring shows hosted by local DJs, producers, journalists, and cultural provocateurs. Yeah, so just to start things off, I wanted to ask you to open what your role in the music industry is in this city. Hmm. Um... My role in the music industry in this city, I see myself as a connector and someone who, you know, brings people together to achieve common goals. And that could be a number of things, you know, it could be through an event, it could be through a piece of content, it could be through a project, but that's kind of really the role that I see myself taking. I've kind of always been like that a little bit throughout my life. like. Even growing up and stuff, I was always the one who was like organizing people to like do things, like organizing games and and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'm an organizer and a connector and a people person. And what role has music played in that connecting kind of nature that you have in that connecting kind of instinct that you have? Mm. I mean, I think that, um, you know, music has... It's really interesting because it really, truly does like bring people together in a way that I can't think of many other, you know, art forms doing. I'm sure you had this experience. I know I have. I'm sure everyone's had this where you're like watching a live show or a concert and, you know, you glance at the person next to you and you're both like singing along or rapping onto, along to the lyrics. And like there's just this like moment there where something happens between you that you, you may not even know that person, but in that moment, you're like, you're right on the same page. And um, I kind of fell in love with that idea of like having shared experiences through music really early on, like before I was even like a DJ myself or any of that stuff. I was really just drawn to that idea. And, um, you know, I'm from Calgary originally, so it's a little bit of a different sort of like music scene there. It's, it's a smaller city and, and a smaller scene. But I think in smaller scenes, the sense of community can be really strong. And like I said before, I was even sort of like DJing or more on the performer side. I was like always kind of on the organizational side, throwing parties, selling tickets from from a very young age. And I think that it's kind of just always been the, not even like a low hanging fruit, but just like the, the thing that made the most sense to me to like, to use as the vehicle for like that the community is, has been music. Then that's interesting because when I think of ISO radio as mm-hmm. infrastructure, it's something mm-hmm. that was built 
that where you know you could have looked at what already exists and say try to use what already exists in the city to be that connecting force in that space for community what was Mm -hmm. missing that made you feel like iso radio had to exist to facilitate that kind of instinct you have to build community and to as a connector yeah i think iso is kind of like the product of a lot of uh a lot of sort of like wants that i had for myself and for my city you know i i also come from like a media background so i've written for a lot of different publications mostly in like the digital space i've done some stuff in print too but you know over the last five years just kind of seeing how that industry has shifted and how so many like you know what started off as like smaller really like indie grassroots publications grew really big and then morphed into something else and then eventually closed and i was just kind of seeing this like really like worrying trend of like you know not having places to tell our own stories and to express ourselves any way we wanted to you know what i mean and and that's really what the goal of of iso is it's kind of like the goal is like twofold you know it, it's on the creator side so like the creators of audio whether that's like djs or producers or like podcast hosts or whatever i want iso to exist as a place for them to do whatever they want with it um you know you could you could literally do anything with your time slot on on the radio station you could you could get on and play like an hour of Disney songs if you wanted, you know, that's what was, what was really calling to you. And that's what I love about it is it's totally free form and it's not motivated by, by any kind of like metrics. It's really just like a platform for creative expression. So that's kind of like the first side. And then on the other side is like the listener side and, you know, the listener or the audience. And on that end, the goal is to really like provide people with an alternative experience to the mainstream radio that's offered in this city and this country, which I think is just, you know, so boring, to be honest, and just not, not representative of what is actually going on here and how like vibrant and interesting and varied um, the music is. So that's like the twofold kind of goal of it. But yeah, I'm just, I'm also a fan of radio, you know, like I think that I've loved that medium since I was a kid and And it also really informed my musical taste. It informed my style as a DJ, like following other radio shows in places like Europe or, or what have you. So I just really believe in, in the power of it as like an inspirational, yeah, form of form of media and one that can like really, I just also like the idea of like turning on a radio station and, and it's sort of like a, you know, it's, it's a representation of what's happening in a certain place at a certain time. Um, and that's kind of like the goal with it is always like, if someone listens to ISO today, they should be able to get an idea of like what is happening in this city culturally at this moment, you know? So yeah. Did I answer that question? <laughs> I think yeah, I went on a I, little bit of attention. No, <laughs> I, I'm soaking in what you're saying because I think that <laughs> it resonates in so many ways to the purpose of this conversation about developing an ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto. I think Mm -hmm. that one big point you made is that um, what you hear, you know, whether it's radio or if you just look at what's kind of amplified on, Mm -hmm. whether it's digitally, on television, 
radio, through awards, through uh, funding bodies, just through the larger infrastructure, it really isn't fully representative of what's really going on. And mm -hmm. I think that's the curiosity in this series of conversations is what is the real relationship between these cities and also what's actually happening in Toronto, what's actually happening in Montreal, because those things are not necessarily being uh, reflected back and echoed and amplified by the infrastructure that exists. Mm -hmm. And so how do we close that gap and what happens? You know, what kind right. of magic happens when we do close that gap? And I think there's some magic that happens with ISO radio through that platform where you, where you really are um, creating a space that's exists for the purpose of creativity and not really warped by the chase for metrics or mm -hmm. the, you know, need to align with advertisers or just, you know, other um, industry politics that could shape sure. what things sound like. Right. And I think that that was kind of like, you know, when we start, I mean, still to this day, we have never received any like funding or, or grant money. It was completely started up with like our own funds and then, and then has sustained through, you know, a lot of like kind of brand partnership stuff. And, and even that over the last year has been like thrown up in the air because, you know, there's been no events and like, and the whole like financial model was kind of like flipped on its head. But, um, and I think a lot of people were sort of like shocked when, when I said, you know, I'm going to start this and I'm going to put my own money into it. And they were like, Oh, why don't you try to get funding? But I think that when you, even though there are a lot of like great, like sort of like open-ended grants that are like kind of vague, it's like, you still have to check certain boxes. And, um, I just really didn't want to put that pressure on us from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to, you know, commit to creating a certain number of hours of content. Cause like, what if we just don't feel like that's the move? What if we only want to do one hour a week, you know, for a year, I was, I just wasn't sure. So I just wanted to like, make sure that it was, we could do as much or as little as we wanted, um, for the first little while. So yeah, that's kind of you know, it's, it's an interesting thing, though, because like I, I think that there's something really powerful to that community built process mm -hmm. where it's it's not owned by anyone like that's um, got, you know, different, say, a profit motive or it's not subject to, you know, checking boxes that are in authentic or just not organic to what the community really needs like i do i do believe in that a lot but i also like i always give this example of you know i used to listen to the power move show every saturday i know i'd tape it um you know and that was on ckln from 1 p.m to 4 p.m and mm -hmm. i think the djx era was like the the biggest era for when i was listening to it and there are so many moments that happened on that um broadcast that if it, if it was on CBC instead of CKLN, mm -hmm. we would have those moments archived. Like you can listen to right. moments of radio that happened in like the 50s or 60s on CBC because they have tapped into these public dollars and used that public, those public dollars that are ours. We all own what's public um, mm -hmm. collectively and then built infrastructure that allows for this like archiving and allows for like cultural preservation and cultural amplification and so that's where like i i have this dual tension with a, mm. totally agreeing with building things in the way that you're describing but also um looking at the those public dollars as like belonging to us and not 
belonging to someone else that's going to then change what is needed. Right. Yeah. Easier said than done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, I wanted to shift the conversation a little bit because, you know, so you're from Calgary. um, Mm -hmm. You are very Toronto um, as well. And I want to know what your experience is and your view of the music industry in Montreal. Yeah, so I, you know, I've been there a bunch of times, mostly for like DJ related stuff. Um, I have a lot of close friends that live there, but I would say that my experience right now is still kind of like more limited than I would like it to be. Like I definitely you know, in 2020 had kind of plans to do more stuff out there, especially with ISO and try to get out there and do some like pop-ups and start sort of like expanding our community out that way. But I think it's interesting because Montreal to me is like really, Montreal is like, is very like art driven in my mind, you know? And I don't know if that's like, if there's any truth to that or if that's just kind of my my perception. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel that like, yeah, there's just a lot of like really creative, creative people out there and amazing things happening. And it's less like driven by like industry. Like if Toronto and Montreal are like two sides of a coin, it's like Montreal is artistry and Toronto is industry in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that described a lot. And I think that's also from the Montreal perspective. um, Not that I'm speaking for that, but just in terms of people that I've connected with from Montreal, especially like growing up looking towards Toronto and thinking, oh, well, there's so much opportunity in Toronto and there's so much industry and there's so much, mm-hmm. you know, like all the head offices are, are exactly. you know, if anything, or, you know, are centered there. And, um, you know, even just going back to like Rap City on Much Music, like that was a something that people were watching in Montreal, but that was here. Like you would literally see yeah. Queen Street. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, that's kind of how I, I, I view it. Like it's, Uh, very art driven and and obviously like you know there's another discussion that we have a lot is like things like cost of living in Montreal I mean it's gone up now but it's still kind of like not nearly where it is in Toronto so I feel like people creatives who live there are like a little bit less bogged down by like financial responsibilities and I think that that sort of translates in like their output you know what I mean I think that there's something there to be examined too that's really interesting to me yeah, one of the curiosities I have about that is just how much stronger um, fashion and design um, has been and and just in terms of like patronage of yeah. events and patronage of local designers and artists and brands seems to be percentage-wise from a community mm-hmm. perspective pretty high there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good observation. I think that's spot on. And then also the like physical spaces like out there are just it's like a dream you know like I've been to so many events and parties in Montreal where I'm like how is this even being allowed to happen here or like you know how this this random like warehouse like how is this happening and I think that that's something that kind of for me is one of the like pillars of like Montreal's like creative scene it's just like more access to space access to space like more spaces um more spaces that can actually be used because that's another thing about Toronto is like it's not that we don't have the spaces we have tons of spaces but it's not all of them can be used for what we want you know what I mean and I think a big 
example of, that I always come back to is like that big warehouse that's on DuPont and Dovercourt. It's like at 950 DuPont. I'm sure you know the one. It's like a big glass like warehouse. Yeah. And it literally know. just sits there empty all the time. And I'm like, how is this just sitting here doing nothing? So every you time know? you pass it, you're just like envisioning like parties there. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, why is this just, I, I haven't, I, I went to one event there the, in the five, almost six years that I've lived in Toronto. So mm -hmm. that's a problem. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's another thing. The, the physical spaces, I think, is something that really interests me about, about Montreal. Well, the physical spaces and then as you're describing it, like the ability to access them, you know, where mm -hmm. maybe there there might be, and, and I don't know this, but there might be um, more restrictions in Toronto on accessing space for cultural and creative events than um, than Montreal. They might they totally. might be looser on that, and even in terms of like a government level. Yeah, totally. That's something to explore. Um, so that that said. How would you describe the relationship between the music communities of Montreal and Toronto? I think they're kind of like distant cousins, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, who could be closer for sure. I think that there's definitely a lot that each place could benefit from in like working closer with the other. But for whatever reason, I just don't think that that has really happened yet. And it's so interesting because I feel like you know, living in Canada, which is a country that's got a very small population and a very large area, like the geographical constraints of this country has been one of the hardest like hurdles in my mm -hmm. own career as a creative. You know, and I have lots of friends in the States. You know, I think about my friends, for instance, who live in, I have one good friend who lives in Washington, D.C. It is like so close for him to access three other like gigantic music markets right around him you know mm -hmm. like he can he can drive like just up the way and be in baltimore and then he can drive a little bit further and be in philly and then he can drive further yet and be in new york and i think that for a musician like just having that access to other markets around you to be able to grow into and tour to and move freely into is like a really fucking underrated bonus about living somewhere like the u.s that's just like you know there's just so many more like people and so many more cities whereas like if you're in toronto you're a you're in the biggest music market in the country <laughs> but mm -hmm. you don't really have anything around you that you can you know grow into the closest is montreal well that's that's the premise of this conversation is that mm -hmm. if we can like really, if we can't make it work between Montreal and Toronto, then what hope is there to strengthen the eco music ecosystems between any other Canadian cities? Um, in terms totally. of because because of the fact that um, Toronto does house so much of the Canadian music in industry infrastructure, um, mm -hmm. and then you look at the proximity of Montreal and just the amazing talent and creativity that continues to come out of that market whether or not it gets the support and audience it deserves is a whole other conversation but right um, i like the description of these like cousins that know of each other don't really know what's going on <laughs> in each other's lives like actually have a lot in common and could really make things pop if they like got together more um yeah 
I like that. I like that analogy. Yeah. I mean, I think that <laughs> I, it reminds me of like an actual real life situation I have with like a real cousin of mine um, who I didn't see. Do they for, live like, in Montreal? No, they live in London. They live in the UK, but um, that would be perfect if they did. Um, but it's funny because I, you know, I have, I have this big family and I've obviously known of this cousin my whole life and was close with her when I was younger, but I hadn't seen her for like over 15 years. And um, I, a couple summers ago, I went to the UK for five weeks and I booked a ticket and I, I had hair up actually. And I was like, Hey, do you know of any like Airbnb like esque sites in London that are like not Airbnb? And she was like, Oh yeah. Like she sent me a few recos and then she was like, are you coming? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, why don't you just like stay with me? And for like my, my initial um, reaction was like, Oh my God, why would I stay with someone who I don't know and have, have not seen in 15 years? Like that's like a nightmare, you know? Um, but then I ended up staying with her and it was like the best thing ever. It was like, mm -hmm. we had so much in common. We were like, literally like, liked all the same things, had all the same views. And, um, I was like, damn, we should have done this like way earlier. <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> Again, it's so. just, it's echoing with so much of like what, what the conversation has been that I've been having with so many people about Montreal and Toronto, right? It's like, mm -hmm. where have you been all my life? Like, why didn't we do this earlier? Like, um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's totally. Hard. I don't know. I don't know what, um, what the reason is to be honest i really don't like well that's what i wanted to get into next is yeah. like i i, I, mean, I don't know you one of the things that's really important about this conversation is that we're not asking anyone to be experts on their relationship we're just talking mm -hmm. to people that are doing really interesting things that could be a part of helping to foster that ecosystem but mm -hmm. this two-part question is like what do you think is creating the connection that exists between the two cities because there is a connection and yeah. what do you think is in the way of that connection? Yeah, so I think that there, like, like you said, there definitely is a connection. Um, there definitely are, you know, people who are doing stuff in both places. Um, you know, I think of like, like I'm really good friends with like the St. Woods people. And, you know, they've been doing their thing in both cities for some time. Um, and, yeah, the collaboration is definitely there. And I think that that's really, I think that's really important. And, you know, if, if I use like someone like St. Woods as an example, they started something in Montreal that, you know, was going really well. And they saw an opportunity to like bring that to Toronto and they knew that it would work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of like, that's kind of all there is to it. If you're doing something that you think maybe could work in, in, in the other city, just try it, you know? And like, you don't have to like fully commit to like going a hundred percent with it, but that's the beauty of like how things are nowadays. Like if you can do pop-ups, you can go and do something temporarily. You can collaborate with someone who's doing similar things with, to you on the ground. So I think the collaboration between two places is important. And I think that finding someone who's shares your values and shares what sort of what you're doing and trying to work with them is also really important. And we've done a couple things through ISO with Antennas Radio, who I would say are kind of like the closest, um, closest sort of like entity to ISO over there. Um, we've hosted them for a couple of pop-ups that they've had in Toronto. And then we 
like I said, we're planning in 2020 anyways to to go and do the same there. So where we, we would take over their their physical space for like a couple days and, and program some stuff mm-hmm. and have it um, have it go out to I mean, I think when we hosted them, we didn't we didn't share their feed on our like site. But you could do that. You know what I mean? You could have it go out to both places. Um, but yeah, I think collaboration is really important. And um, I think what's standing in the way of it, I don't know. I think it depends on sort of the complexity of what you're trying to do. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you have a business here and you want to start it, start a similar one there, that's pretty complicated, you know, because of yeah. like how, you know, commerce and stuff works there and how regulated it is and how you have to have like French language on all of your like social medias and, and website and stuff like that. So that's like on the, the top end of complexity, but um, on the lower end, like, I don't know. I don't think it's that hard. <laughs> so I don't know why more people don't do it, to be honest. And I think this is also where like working with someone on the ground would come in to play really nicely. You know what I mean? Well, it's cool that you've identified a couple of like collectives and initiatives that share similar values and are doing similar things and mm-hmm. been able to find ways to, to work together. I know that you had plans that kind of got um, torpedoed last year, mm-hmm. but what of the work that you did do together, aside from some of the lessons learned that you shared around, like, you know, maybe like sharing feeds on both platforms and stuff. Um, what were the, some of the fruits of doing that work together like what did you both come out of with it with at the end of that kind of first collaboration that you didn't have beforehand i mean i think the the obvious one is just like like an increased awareness um um, about us like and granted like i think that we like i think that iso had more to gain in that partnership to be honest just because like antennas is like much more established. They've been around for like five years. We'd been around for like one year. Um, so yeah, just like increased awareness. Like there's definitely people who hit us up after who was like, Oh yeah, I learned about you through antennas or like Montreal artists who were reaching out to us. Um, who, and this was actually an interesting thing is we had a few like DJs based in Montreal who hit us up and said, I learned about you guys through antennas. Like, you know, I do some stuff with them, but I, you know, they don't have room for me in their like regular schedule. Like, can I maybe do stuff with you guys? Mm. So that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, but the, the, the beautiful thing about like collaborating with people who have similar goals as you and similar vision is that there's no question that their audience is also going to be interested in you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a given. Because if they fuck with them and you're doing similar things to them, then they're most likely going to fuck with you too. So, um, so I think that that's, that's kind of just like a no, no brainer, but, um, yeah, increased awareness for sure. And also just like, I learned a lot from, um, from just even chatting with the antennas folks like Mason, who is like one of the founders. Um, I've, I've, He's been so gracious. Like, you know, we got introduced through mutual friends before ISO had even launched. And he took time out of his schedule to like have conversations with me. Like, and I, I kind of just went over like my plan with him. 
And I was like, do you see any like glaring holes in this, you know? And he, he gave me advice at that point and him and I have checked in with each other, like, you know, not that often, but like, I would say, you know, once every like six to 12 months. And, um, it's just great to have that support and like to have friends who know what you're going through. You know what I mean? Um, I think that often with like projects, like with anything really, you know, like, and like with something like ISO, it, it just kind of like happens. And I don't think a lot of people really like understand what goes into like making it happen. Like um, there's so many like things that administrative stuff on the back end and like having someone who knows all those struggles and who I can just like talk to or, or vent to about that stuff is like, it's really important too. Like when you're doing something that's a little bit like fringe and where there's not that many of you, you got to like stick together with the people that you, you can find, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think so. that the idea of um, like intercity mentorship is really important as well. And mm. kind of debunking that, like flattening that hierarchy that where it's like, Oh, well, cause all these like f industry funders and labels and all this stuff are based in Toronto that like, as if the mentorship would just flow from Toronto to Montreal, that there's actually um, really incredible initiatives and individuals and, and people with uh, dynamic experience. There's a lot of people who've, you know, I've been talking to, to um, from Montreal that have really like done a great job at tapping into markets in Africa and tapping into mm -hmm. markets in Asia and Europe um, a lot more than, than I'd say I've, I've heard in, in similar conversations uh, with Toronto-based folks that um, there, there's tons of benefit that could happen in strengthening this ecosystem with more of that kind of inter-city mentorship happening. Oh, totally. Like, 100%. And it, it's crazy, too, because I even had, like, someone hit me up recently who's based in the UK. Um, but they're in Birmingham, which is, like, I don't know if you know much about, like, the UK. But, like, Birmingham is basically the second largest city. Is, like, um, Birmingham, like, Scarborough to It's, London? like, <laughs> uh, it's, like, I mean, it's interesting because, like, the three big cities in, in the UK, so it's London, Manchester, and Birmingham, they're, like, so different. Like, so different culturally and just London is like its own beast and and Birmingham and Manchester like they do have their own like music scene but there's like just so much less like infrastructure you know that magical word mm -hmm. and um this person from Birmingham actually hit me up and was like they they want to start a radio station oh, like similar to ISO yeah and I was like I was like it's cool that you're reaching out I'm like happy to help but I was also like why are you not like hitting up like someone in London? <laughs> you know, I was like, where is like the Mecca of like, co like community, like internet radio. And he was like, he's like, I, he's like, I feel like I almost like relate to you more because like, mm. you're like, you know, they're so much more established down there and they have this like 25, 30 year history of like radio and it's been going on. Whereas like, we're really trying to do it almost for the first time here. He's like, so that's why I wanted to like hit you up versus them. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting, you know? Well, there's a different um, knowledge base when you start in a different era too. Like the, totally. the, what someone's perspective is that started two decades ago versus someone who started like two, three years ago. Um, yeah. You know, it's a whole different yeah, landscape absolutely. that you entered in, right? For sure. Yeah.
Um, so one th thing I also want to ask before going into kind of some more like rapid fire about people, places, mm -hmm. platforms is, you know, what you would like to see to strengthen this relationship, like for the work that you do. Um, and also mm -hmm. you being someone that's very much about creating opportunity for other creators mm -hmm. and creating space for community. Um, so I think that obviously your answers are going to go beyond what would benefit ISO radio, but for those kind of purposes of ISO radio, uh, your commitment to creators, having all the opportunities in the world and your commitment to community building, mm -hmm. what are kind of like the immediate things that you would like to see happen in strengthening this ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto? I think, um, I think that what I would like to see, I mean, I think that for people like myself and, and, and you and, and many others who are like really facilitators of this stuff, it's really kind of like on us to go and like sort of like break down that wall a little bit. You know what I mean? Like for, for the average artist, they might not always feel comfortable just like hitting someone up and being like, Hey, let's collab. You know what I mean? But whereas if they're like, sort of like given a situation or given that opportunity um i think that it's a lot more likely to happen so right. like you put the artists on a panel together and exactly. now that now there's like a relationship sparking versus it being yeah. like a cold kind of thing exactly and so i think that for anybody who's kind of like or organizing things or facilitating those things it's it's super important to like make sure yet you're considering that you know and like i do think that sometimes living in toronto we get a little bit like in our bubble um here because it's just easy you know we have everything and everyone here but i would really challenge everybody like next time you're putting something together like how can you think beyond um your immediate community how can you think how can you bring in people from other cities whether it's like montreal or wherever else um, I think that's super important. And I was actually listening to a talk on clubhouse recently that was sort of like talking about that, like, um, and this goes for like everybody, you know, not just like the community or organizers like us, but like the people who work in agencies, um, the people who are like, you know, sourcing partners for brand collaborations, like all of those people need to be like thinking, thinking that way. Um, and understanding the responsibility they have to sort of like create some of those connections. So I think that's a big one. And then, um, yeah, I think also like sort of thinking a bit more critically about like, Hey, what do I have? Like, and I guess this, like having conversations about this is also really important. Like figuring out what, what people in Montreal need that, we in Toronto have that we can sort of like help, you know, help deliver on. And like, it's funny because like in Toronto, we had like the space factor is like, is a huge barrier. Like we don't have spaces to do the things we want to do. So mm -hmm. maybe we start doing them in spaces in Montreal. You know what I mean? Um, so that would be another thing that I would say. I know that I've been like marinating, marinating on a lot. Um, like what, what skills and things do I have that I can sort of like 
bring there to offer the creative community there. Yeah, and then going, anytime, and going back to the antenna thing, right? And then like, what are the things where you can, there's there's skills and, and experiences that are rooted in Montreal that could really help you and what you're doing and having exactly. that exchange yeah. is really powerful. It's super powerful. And I think that every like, every collaboration I've, I've ever been a part of that was like fruitful, it's always been about what you can bring. You know what I mean? Like, what can I bring to offer to this? Not like, what can I get from this place or these people? Mm-hmm. I think that's really important distinction. Yeah. And, and I like that you added that because, you know, it's, it's not about like, oh, what can Toronto do to help Montreal? It's more a matter of like, in collaborating, be, being based in Toronto, thinking about that, like, what is it? What value can I bring to what's ha- to the music community in Montreal um, mm. and just being open to what what you can learn and and wh- how how that kind of relationship can be um, you know like in that ecosystem you know f- interacting and feeding into each other totally yeah um Okay, so another question now is this, you know, just kind of listing, if I'm from Montreal, and Mm -hmm. I want to get connected to Toronto, through that Mm -hmm. lens of platforms, people, places, what would you recommend as kind of like that starter, the starting space, that starter kit? Like, what what should I check for? What should I be listening to? Who should I try to get? I guess, socially distanced coffee with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, there's like so many. This is hard because like I always I always forget people. Um, yeah. So but... just forgiving yourself in advance and asking okay. for forgiveness from everyone <laughs> who you forgot. And you're going to definitely yeah. like an, five minutes after this call, be like, oh, why didn't I say so? And so exactly. Yeah. Big caveat there. But um, I mean, obviously, new currency. Those are like those are the the homies I've been collaborating with them for years on many different things and love what they do. Um, intercessions, which is, you know, the, it's a workshop series founded by Chippy nonstop, which does like DJ workshops, production workshops. And it's all about, um, sort of closing the, the gender gap in the music industry. Um, who else? I'm going to say my ZM, Toronto. I think they do some like really interesting stuff and, I've also been sort of collabing with them for a few years. Um, and I just love the team there. They are awesome. I love Josh and Riaz and they really get it. Um, so Myzeum for sure. Um, Our Women's Voices, which is like founded by Kyosha Love. That's great platform. Serious Betty, um, which is like a sort of like media platform, newsletter, event production, sort of collective. Who else? Um, A kickback, another, they're not really like a platform, but they're like a, they're like a a nonprofit initiative that um, donates shoes and sneakers to needy folks. So love them. Um, our community fridges programs, super cool. I think that's like something that Toronto can be really proud of and is a super dope initiative. 
Um, what else? Heart Lake you know, Records. You know what I love I in your, sorry, say it again. <laughs> Heart Lake Records. Um, they're like a record label founded by Witch Prophet and um, their partner. So Don't they awesome. have a space as well, like somewhere out of the city now that it's yes. kind of like a retreat studio? They do. They have like an artist's retreat um, like space, which is super cool. Um, that's like mega goals because they live on like a farm. I'm like, you guys are the coolest. Um, yeah, man, there's so many more. Well, what I love about what you're saying is, you know, you're, you're talking about labels and music platforms, but you're also talking about some things that go beyond that. Right. And I think, you know, there's a convened conversation did a couple of years ago about, um, you know, work, living and creating in Toronto. And it was kind mm -hmm. of built on this premise of like, at what point does it no longer become viable? Because, right. you know, like good financial planning is, you know, 30% of your income goes to housing, rent or mortgage. And yeah. like, that's not the reality for almost anyone um, that's creative in this city. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at what point does does that um, just become not viable anymore and the sacrifice to be here is just too high a price to pay um, and you you mentioning things like kickback and mentioning things like community fridges and like I think that's that is a really important part that we sometimes kind of um, don't really think about in the music space yeah. but those you know initiatives that are addressing some of those gaps and and those um, systemic inequities are also a really important part of, of this ecosystem between in, in Toronto, but also between the cities. Oh, totally. Like, and I think that um, I've been thinking about this a lot specifically, like, cause ISO has actually been closed, right? Like our physical space has been closed for like a number of months and it's, it's been super challenging because it was founded and started as something that relied on its physical space to like, make stuff happen basically. And, um, you know, having to sort of like rework everything operationally to be something that runs remotely has been hugely challenging, but in a way I kind of like have fallen in love with the fact that it can be, it can exist even with, without a physical space. Like ISO is not a space, like a place. It's mm -hmm. not just a radio station. It's like, it's so much more than that. And I think that's what I, you know, I, I mentioned museum, and their their like tagline is that they are a museum without walls, mm -hmm. and I think there's there's something so cool about that, especially living in a city like Toronto where you don't know, you know, even if you have a space, you're like, how long am I going to be in here? How long is going to be financially sustainable? How long until the developers come knocking and they you know buy it up? So I think just being able to like function and exist. Um, regardless of space is, is kind of like an interesting idea, but um, yeah. Oh yeah. Exposure. Of course. That's the, that was a one I have to say um, run by Vani. It's a photo studio. <laughs> I'm glad you got that one out too. Yes. Um, but to, but to the, to the um, museum example and to ISO being um, be, beyond a physical space, I think that's another interesting dynamic of this conversation, right? We're talking about music at a time where, um, you know, lockdown and social distancing and a pandemic and all that has really put into question uh, an industry that was already questioning what its future mm -hmm. was 
And yeah. I think it's really interesting to look at models even that are outside of, you know, music business models um, for for building community, creating content and like like a museum um, that yeah. that could, you know, people in the music space could really look at and, and learn from. So that's cool that totally. you brought that one. Um, yeah. I have two questions left. Okay. Um, so just you, you personally now, like, what ways do you think you can contribute to strengthening this relationship through your work and your skills on a really practical level? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that it, this is a great way to circle back to the very beginning of the conversation. Like I've always just been strong at like being a, a people person and, and, and connecting people and listening to people and them saying, this is what I'm trying to do and being like, Oh, well you should talk to that person or this person could help you make that happen. So, I mean, I think it's high on my list to like really just like start having those conversations and like, and when, when it's safe to do so, like spending more time in Montreal, um, I would love to, to do just to like take it in and sort of like get a sense of what's going on there and see how the things that I do could possibly be part of that. Um, so yeah, I think that it's just like my, my biggest strength, like I said, is just like, being a connector and sort of like working I've always worked in music but it's been very much at the intersection of like music and community um but the first step in figuring out how you can contribute is like figuring out what is sort of like needed you know so and I, I, I hearing that it does resonate I think that I really do believe that when you do get the chance to spend more time in Montreal I think that mm -hmm. you're going to see things and 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 that those skills that you talked about that you bring to the table and strengthening this ecosystem will really be um like enabled by just that power of being present and connecting with people listening to people so I think that that is gonna that is gonna be something that happens yeah I hope so and I mean like Chris, I'm so ready. Like after spending like the whole last year at my house, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, get me on that train. Like I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. Well, well, the final question is um, based on, you know, the whole purpose of this series, as I mentioned, is about having this conversation that a lot of every single person I brought it to wasn't like, I've never thought about that. Everyone's right. like, oh yeah, I've been thinking about that or I've been wanting to see that happen or that's like totally needed. Um, mm -hmm. Now that we've had this conversation for about 45 minutes, mm -hmm. how has talking about this shifted your thinking at all or has it um, about the mm -hmm. importance and the possibilities and the relationship between Montreal and Toronto? I mean, I think it's definitely, if anything, just like reaffirmed sort of like the thoughts that I always had. Um about it and like and made me more excited you know what I mean like um excited for the possibilities and you know like I said the, the last year we've all been like pretty like stagnant in that we've had to stay in like stay in our same place like I have barely left like a, a five kilometer radius in like the last year you know what I mean which for me how much I was moving around before is like so crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So I think that, you know, like Montreal, it's, it's a world class city. And, um, and especially when it comes to culture and music. And so why would 
why would we not like take advantage of like how the close proximity and and um you know just like get out there and and take it in and be inspired and 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 learn and and offer what we can as well you know so i think yeah if anything it's made me it's made me more excited to be able to sort of explore those possibilities and talking it out thank you you shared a lot here really appreciate the time I appreciate the heart behind it and that means a lot yeah I really appreciate being involved this was like super great it's nice to like reflect on things um, at length you know thank you for listening to this conversation and connecting with what we do through Convene gratitude to the team behind this series on the music ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto Nabil Shash Alicia Roberts Martine Anon and Sebastian Miller For more resources on this conversation, go to watervision.com, W-A-T-R-Vision.com. This project is funded by Factor, the Government of Canada, and Canada's private radio broadcasters.